and welcome to Cap Times Talks, a podcast bringing you smart conversations about big topics in our city. On today's show, Madison's Outdoor Festivals. Are there too many or not enough? Some city officials and Madison residents say that we are at max capacity for outdoor events requiring the use of a street or a park. So where does that leave us, given that festivals and fun runs and farmers markets can play a big role in giving neighborhoods identity, in raising funds for nonprofits, and in attracting visitors to our city? Earlier this month, Cap Times city and county government reporter Abby Becker hosted a talk on Madison's outdoor festivals with a group of neighborhood leaders, city officials, and event organizers. The group featured Barbara Harrington McKinney, an alder representing District 1 on Madison's west side. But we're talking about bringing communities into a space where they get to know one another and there's relationship building. Gary Callis, the executive director of the Wilmar Neighborhood Center. Maybe, just maybe, we do have an inordinate amount of events in our neighborhood, but we should start looking at spreading the joy, if you will, and the value and the payback to other parts of the city. Kelly Lamberty, the community event coordinator for the city of Madison. We don't want to get rid of events. We just want to make sure that we understand and come to a good balance. Patty Prime, president of the Tenney Lapham Neighborhood Association. I think there's a big majority of people who really enjoy living here, and the festivals are a piece of the fabric as to why they want to be here. And Vern Stenman, president of Big Top Baseball. And sooner or later, there's going to be a tipping point, and and these events that aren't as well run, that aren't as interesting, they're going to start to go away. All right, let's begin. I'll let Abby take it from here. So Kelly, I wanted to ask you, just how many events are going on in Madison? And, you know, are we at capacity for these types of events that, you know, use public property? So there are a lot of events going on in Madison. And, um, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into determining whether we're at capacity or not. And we are taking a look at, like, an in-depth analytical um, look at the number of events we have, the locations, the dates that they're on. So there's, um, and, and those are all critical in determining whether or not we're at capacity and if we are, how do we want to address that and where, um, you know, what, what other things can we look at, um, what criteria can we use to determine whether or not we're at capacity on a particular weekend or at a particular um, day. And then if we are, how do we want to do that? Do we want to, what data can we use to say, if you want to start your event at this time or if you want to use another day, you know, then we can go ahead with it. So we're really looking in depth at those questions now because of the number of events we have, particularly, you know, on the isthmus. There's a lot. There's something, you know, if you all are from the area, you obviously know there's things going on every weekend. And that's great and fantastic. And people love, you know, outdoor music and they love, it makes the city incredibly vital and there's things that people look forward to every year and so uh, we don't we don't want to get rid of events we just want to make sure that we um, understand and come to a good balance of the people who live here and want to get around and you know and so that they can enjoy their city as well 
since 2007, the number of street use event days each year, right, and those could involve any public right-of-way. So that's um, a street, a sidewalk, a terrace, an alley, bicycle, bicycle path, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, so those increase from 196 to 349. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. and so, what? Um, I guess why have these, you know, increased, you know, so much in just the past, um, you know, few years? Madison is a beautiful city, and people like, you know, to come here, especially in the summer. We have great summers here, and um, you know, initially, I would say back in the back in the day, um, late 70s, early 80s, there was a um, concerted effort on the part of the mayor, who happened to be Paul Soglin at the time as well, and um, to m have people come downtown, you know, to come and enjoy the capital and have events and, you know, make it a place where people come to have a good time and enjoy themselves. And that was very successful over the years. Um, they worked initially with the two events that were down there already, um, which was Art for on the Square, which I think will be having its 61st or 2nd um, annual event this year, and then the um, Dane County Farmers Market. Um, and then they brought on Concerts on the Square and Jazz at Five, and um, some of the um, races and runs started coming in. And I think in the last few years, there have been a few things that have um, really, I would say in the last 10 years, it's been a, a few things that have really increase the number, and it has to do with, um, we've had national and international events come in like Iron Man, and they really, you know, like the, the area, they like the people that are here, they enjoy it, they've had great events here, um, and so that's become known. Um, there's a lot more venues, um, particularly in the uh, Isthmus area. Um, King Street with Majestic has become a big, um, they have a series of events. Um, McPike Park, you know, there's all kinds of uh, concert series and also, you know, big Lafette and now there's Farmer's Market. Um, there's also Breeze, which, you know, is, and Vern can speak to that, but Breeze is being used more as a concert venue. And then, and Olin Park, in fact, um, probably more towards the athletic type of activities, but also very popular. Outdoor music is popular. Theme runs for fundraising is, has gotten very popular. Um, then there's also been, you know, kind of a student housing explosion downtown here, and that impacts, like, um, when parking, it, you know, the day, number of days that parking is removed, or, you know, if street, when people are moving in, you know, what type of traffic management we have to do to, you know, to help them get moved in and out. Um, and then since, you know, early 2017, we've had a fair number of political rallies and marches and things like that, um, that that also keep us busy and they're in kind of a different track than events. Um, and they actually are what kind of brought us to doing the analysis of um, the number of events that we have here. So, so there's a lot of reasons. Yeah, well, and thank you for explaining those. Um, and so, and as you said, um, and as I'm sure many of you know, um, you know, many of these events are focused on the isthmus, you know, just this narrow strip of land in between two lakes. Um, and so, um, you know, Patty and Gary, I'm curious what you think and, and what, um, you know, I guess what you're hearing from neighbors just about the concentration on the isthmus. And of course, the other panelists as well. Um, um, yeah, just, you know, what, what you're hearing about um, how people feel about the number of events in such a close proximity. Thanks, Abby. Um, I think it, in terms of too many events, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of who you talk to, right? There's, there's some folks that think there's just the right amount of events, and there's folks that think there's too many events, and there's people in between. But you're talking to me, and I think in our neighborhood, 
I think at present there probably is enough events. I think we should uh, look at our events and make the existing events better. I think when, um, uh, if, if there's proposed new events, I think it would be uh, perhaps appropriate for the city to, to, to work with the uh, proposed uh, event and the organizers of, of said event and look at other possible places in, in town to have those events. Um, I know we, we struck up a, you know, a small partnership in working with, with Barbara with Westfest to, to um, help ignite that, that, that festival on the, on the west side. The, the purpose why we do them, I mean, Kelly, Kelly mentioned it, we, we do it to celebrate our place, uh, celebrate our community. Uh, we raise funds for nonprofit uh, causes, in particular for low to moderate income folks. Um, for the Wilmar Neighborhood Center and the importance of these events, um, and we're involved at some level in all five of the Festiland events, it's, it's roughly 45% of our operating budget. And in terms, what does that mean? For us, it's, you know, uh, multiple thousands of people a year come through our building to receive services um, to help uh, improve their lives. So for us, we think it's a win-win um, uh, situation for us in, in that we're celebrating our place, gives people an opportunity to be a part of that, and a part of raising funds to support folks who, you know, need a, need a, a helping hand. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Patty, what do you think? And, uh, and also, Vern, maybe you could, uh, you know, pop up after, after Patty. I know that uh, the two of you have talked a lot to, to mm -hmm. neighbors um, on listservs about um, the events going on at Breeze. So, so, yeah, so what are you guys hearing? Well, I would uh, have to agree with Gary that I hear everything uh, from soup to nuts. It's way too much. There's it's way too loud um, to people who just love it. And one of the big changes in our neighborhood is that we've added a vast number of housing. I mean, it's, we've grown in our neighborhood by about 50%. And a lot of the people who move here, they are moving here specifically, as Gary says, for place because the isthmus is downtown, the proximity to the capital and to work is fabulous. And then there's festivals and there's activity, there's things to do. And so it's attracting a lot of people who want to live here. Um, there are a group of people who will come to any meeting and tell us that they don't like them. Um, but I think there's a big majority of people who really enjoy living here and the festivals are a piece of the fabric as to why they want to be here. Um, as far as the number of events go, I mean, uh, I, I think that uh, there's a, it, it's a reasonable number. I think that every event sh certainly should continue to be vetted very thoroughly and rig rigorously. And I don't think that the city of Madison, you know, really gets enough credit for how smart they are already uh, about managing these events. Um, it's not easy uh, to, to balance these things, and, and I can speak, you know, most uh, precisely about our relationship with the city at Bree Stevens Field. But I know that a lot of the same things that were concerns at Bree's were concerns with these other events happening around the community. We're not a festival uh, grounds, you know. We're we're, we're a pretty multi-purpose uh, facility. We hosted 197 events last year. I think 147 of those were athletic events, um, and. Uh, and so we have a lot of different things happening, the vast majority of which are athletic. Obviously, we have concerts. We do a lot of the, th the things that, uh, 
you know, uh, create some of the concern in the neighborhood. But I think to go back to the city, as we entered into the relationship with them, and, you know, Patty Prime was a part of this discussion, Alder Zellers, Eric Knepp, the park superintendent, um, they were pretty smart at understanding the concerns, and they put us in a position where, on an annual basis, we were going to be required to get the kind of the blessing of, of the neighborhood association of what we were doing. Um, and what it's done is it's really put a lot of pressure on us through pretty black and white means, you know, kind of a contractual relationship that we have with the city that says if you don't do these three or four things that are in the, in the lease to keep your neighborhood happy, you're going to put your future uh, operation at, at Prairie Stevens Field in, in jeopardy. And, and so what that's done is it's, you know, I love doing these things. I love interacting with the neighbors. It's kind of the way we've always run the Mallards. It's, it's what we do. I feel like it's the only way to run a business is to be res re respectful and, and understand that your neighbors are, are going to define, you know, any f future potential success you might have. But our agreement at Bree Stevens Field put a pretty fine point on it that, that we really needed to uh, work hard, harder than we ever had to, to find that balance and work with the neighborhood. Uh, I, I know that not everyone loves us. I think the vast majority of the people, uh, you know, feel pretty good about us. I'm, I'm really proud that uh, we were able to go through that process in the landscape of all these things happening and all the discussion happening over the last couple of years regarding sound and festivals and events and all those kinds of things. And, and, and able to put in a new agreement together with the city of Madison for the next 10 years that was unanimously approved by the, uh, by the city council. And that, I think, shows you that there is a path forward to find that balance, and, and it's something we're, we're really proud of. And I think that looking to the future, I think that the events that happen from our place to beyond and on, on the east side, on the west side, wherever they might be, they're going to come and go. You know, these things are risks, and, and some things are going to be better than others. Um, you know, I know that a couple years ago there was concern about an Irish music festival that came to Bree Stevens Field on the same weekend as the Orton Park Festival. I went to the Orton Park Festival. <laughs> I didn't go to the Irish music festival. It was a nice event. It brought in some national music. It was great. I love the Orton Park Festival. I'm going to go to that event every single year. Um, and a lot of people are. And what happened was that event went away. It's gone. You know, the Irish music festival didn't work. It was a cool event. It brought outstanding international live music to, to Bree Stevens Field at a fair price. It didn't work. Um, the people that promoted that event just stopped pursuing hosting it because these Eastside festivals are great and they're solid and I, and I do believe, uh, and I'm, I'm not a financial, I don't understand exactly how those, those deals work, but they're solid, they're really ingrained in the community and I think that we've got this outstanding foundation of a handful of events that are gonna be there for a long, long time, I hope, uh, and these new events are kind of speculative. We've, we've introduced new events at Bree Stevens Field over the last few years that haven't worked. I mean, from the Irish Music Festival, we had a movie series that just didn't quite resonate uh, and those things are gone and we're gonna try new things and see what works and I think that uh, a responsible operator of a festival or of a venue or of, of a business it's your obligation to figure out what the balance is and what's going to work for the for the fan base and for the customer base that you might have and and I think that what's gonna happen sooner or later there's gonna be a tipping point and and these events that aren't as well run that aren't as interesting that aren't connecting with the community and their neighborhood in the way that you need to, I think they're going to start to go away. And I think that number may start to come back a little bit. I, I do think that, uh, that, that some correction is probably in order uh, over the next few years. Yeah, and before we get to, you know, talking about sort of that tipping point or, you know, kind of, um, you know, looking into what, what should be done um, regarding all of this, um, you know, I wanted to talk about... Um, 
events that, you know, that happen or maybe should happen in other parts of the city. And, and so, Barbara, you, you've been involved with WestFest and this ha is happening over in Elver Park. And, you know, I want to ask you, what sort of benefits does an event like WestFest bring, you know, to, to the West Side neighborhoods? Um, and, you know, what, you know, I guess, what, what are you looking um, for in that event and what could, um, what could be done to sort of uh, promote it and make it, you know, just as beloved and successful as some of these uh, festivals that have gone on on the Near East Side for, for quite some time? A lot of great questions. And There's so, a lot in one. Sorry about since that. Since I have the mac microphone, I'm going to kind of um, break it apart where I um, uh, can understand it a little bit. And so one of the introductions said the isthmus, the narrow spit of land between lakes, Monona, Mendota, that forms the heart of Madison. Guess what, folks? I'm from the, I'm from the west side. And uh, we have a marvelous park, Elver Park, that is so underutilized. Um, and I bring that up because when you talk about the tipping point, um, there's a lot of things that I hear as an alder, the um, street closures, the bus rerouting, the, the people trying to get to work who depend on public transportation. So we hear a lot of that sitting as an alder. And so let me go back to WestFest. Um, the reason that um, uh, when I came on, um, was elected alder in 2015. It was the last year for um, the fireworks at Elver Park. I mean, uh, when I first moved to Madison, I would come to Elver Park and I would lay out there on the hill and I would go, wow, it was such a phenomenal event to see the fireworks at Elver Park. And then we run out, ran out of funding and so the, the first meeting that I had was with Parks, and they said there will be no fireworks. And so we were looking at community building. So for 2016, we said, let's replace the fireworks and do a community event, a community festival, because there was nothing on the west side. And um, Gary, thank you, because we, we went to Gary and said, how do we put it together? And the very first um, year that we did WestFest at Elver Park, we had zero budget, zero budget. And we went begging and knocking on doors, and I think we begged upon $500. And we put on WestFest at Elver Park. And it was a community festival. I mean, there is not a lot happening. So when you're talking about everything is destinational and everything is on the isthmus, we want to spread that out. I mean, the north side, you know, they have their events, but there's really not a lot of things that's happening on the west side. And West Fest at Elver Park, um, it was in August the first year and August the second year, and it rained both years. And we moved it to July the 14th. And so I want to put a plug in, it's July the 14th. 
Um, but I mention it because as we're looking at spreading and looking at Madison being a destination point, it's not just on the isthmus. People travel. If there is something that's spectacular that's happening on the west side, they'll get in their cars and they'll drive to the west, the west side as well. And so that was the vision for West Fest, is to have a festival on the west side when there was nothing celebrating on the west side. And so we're going into our third year. We learned a lot of things. We made some mistakes. And thank you very much for helping us. And we said, how do you do it? Because they've been so successful at it. And they were um, uh, very gracious to sit down with us and said, look at this, look at this, look at this. And so we're now into our third year. And we'd like to develop a west side destination point. And so all of the people who come down to the isthmus, come to the west side. We've got some stuff going on over there, too. Um, but I, I really want to make sure we're looking at what that tipping point is. Because we want Madison to be a city that everybody can enjoy, not just on the, on the isthmus. So to spread out that that enjoyment and come out to the west side and other areas of the city to find out what we're doing on the other end of the city. And so West Fest is one of those ideas of community building. I did not realize there was so much diversity on the west side until we had West Fest. There were so many pockets and populations, and when they came to West Fest, we saw that diversity. And so each year, we're, we're, it's a family event, but each year we see the diversity of the West Side that we never would have imagined if we had not invited them in. Thanks, Barbara. And I wanted to jump in here with actually a question from the audience. And that's also a plug. If you have more questions, fill out those note cards. Or um, you can also tweet at the cap times, too. Um, but one of the questions here, I think, kind of ties into what we've, what we've been talking about. Um, and so we've talked about you know, these Festiland events on the east side. And Barbara, you talked about um, what would it mean to, to you know, diversify that location. Um, and so this question is, you know, would diversifying festival event locations and sponsors you know, bring more equity for, for other neighborhood groups that may struggle you know, for money? Um, so not sure who wants to take that one. I know, Gary, we've talked a lot about the fundraising aspect of these events. And, you know, you mentioned that 45% of the operating budget comes from events. Pat, Patty mentioned she's heard it all. Soup to nuts, mm -hmm. right? And so I, I, I'm going to second that. I've heard it all uh, over and over and over. And folks, on the, is the soups the people, the people who are <laughs> complaining? Or are they the nuts? <laughs> Who's ever complaining, I, I think I've sat down with them. But I... I and, and most of the nuts, or if you want to prefer soups, um, most of those folks who will, sh will, will share their angst about various events, usually it's about the margins of the event, right? If you could just turn it down, if you could close an hour earlier, if you could reduce one of your days, yada, yada, yada. But most of those folks will say that the events on the east side are bring great value to the community. They'll, they'll say that. They just sort of want the event their way. And they're going to express that to Kelly and to, other, and to the Alders because we want it this way. I like Fête de Marquette, but, but by golly, why can't they just do one day instead of four? You know, that kind of stuff. So these good things happen. It, it celebrates place. It gives people an opportunity to uh, uh, participate in the life of the community. It provides another opportunity for people to experience something that's larger than life, these, these festivals. 
And I think they can be in all parts of Madison. So maybe, just maybe, we do uh, have an inordinate amount of events in our neighborhood, but we should start looking at spreading the joy, if you will, and the value and the payback to other parts of the city. We can do it. I mean, why are the, I'm just, I shouldn't say this because you're asking a question, but why are the fireworks back on the isthmus? That's a good question. And so <laughs> my, my constituents said, what happened to the fireworks? I've never got an answer to that except that there was not a, lo a lot of money. But let me talk about community building and why that's so critical. District 1 is one of the most extreme, one of the most extreme districts. Um, on our farthest, farthest west side, we have um, uh, Hawks Landing and the, and the golf course and all of that. And then on the other end of District 1, we have Park Edge, Park Ridge, um, a lot of mobility. And so in order to bring communities together, how do you bring communities together? You give them food, you give them entertainment, you give them a place to be. And so that place making is building community and it's intentional, but people are coming together. I'm, I'm not trying to sing kumbaya. We're not talking about that. But we're talking about bringing communities into a space where they get to know one another and there's relationship building. I would love to have the fireworks. My, my long-term goal is to get funders to say, we want to invest in the west side as well. We want to bring the fireworks back together. We want to spread out um, the activities related to making Madison the best place to live. And guess what? People from the west side, they come down to the isthmus. They look forward to walking through the streets and enjoying it. But we want you to come out to the west side as well. And we're hoping that some of the funders who are supporting <laughs> the isthmus will take a look at the west side as well. And so within five years, and I hope it's less, that we get a chance to bring the fireworks back so people can spread all the placemaking for Madison could be not just on the isthmus, but, uh, but to use the, to, to look at Madison as a whole. And so back to the, the fundraising aspect, I just wanted to, to ask you all if, if you're hearing from, um, you know, from neighbors or from your constituents, you know, if there's sort of a tension between um, events in Madison that, you know, are fundraising for community organizations, you know, such as Wilmar, um, you know, and then other, you know, events that are for profit, you know, is there, um, is there a tension there? Is there a balance that needs to be rectified? You, you don't want Vern and I to go at it. No, there's no <laughs> tension. I, I, absolutely not. Madison is so generous. And so if we could do a festival on a small scale for $500, people were donating $25, people were donating $100, and, and this time we got $500. We just had to stay the course. And what the, our donors want to know, is this something that's just going to happen one day or one year and you're gone? But this is our third year, and we're finding that people as well, they are going to stick. They are committed to building community. And so we're getting Getting those donations and no we're not competing because it's another opportunity for people to say I like community building 
Um, Madison is a very generous community, and if they see that you're community building and you're, build, you're buying into their values and you're touching their values, that's what they're supporting for Westfest, is that you're, you're tapping into their values of community building. I'd like to say, too, that we, I think we are seeing more events, or some events, um, with the community building, like Barbara mentions, um, there is on the north side. Last year was the first the Eakin Park Festival, and I, I, you know, I think it was great, and it was really nice to see something on the north side, um, you know, to to celebrate that 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 area. And I know, you know, it was the first time they did it, and it seemed it worked out really well for them, and I'm glad to see that. And I think, you know, at Warner, um, obviously we have the Mallards, but we also have like. Blues Picnic is starting, you know, is going to be next tomorrow or what is, what, Saturday? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, and then and there's a lot of run walks over there and same with Elver, they have, um, you know, we have West Fest now, which is great. And there's more run walks are going over there. And um, they're also like the winter, um, Elver is, you know, kind of our premier winter activity and, you know, there's a winter festival that is, that goes there now and they move from the Isthmus out to Elver. So, you know, there's a little bit of transition and, um, and so, so I think that, you know, emphasizing that what these events can do for the neighborhoods that they are in um, is a really good way to go about promoting other other parts of the community because you can make them fantastic. We have other really fantastic parts of Madison, and I think just kind of using the message that there's great part of Madison that everybody should be aware of as well. And uh, you know, I think that's important and should be done. I think it was four, maybe five years ago, we got a call from the Human Resources Department over at Epic. Now they weren't calling us to ask if we have subsidized childcare. Or you guys, you guys have a food pantry over there? It, and that wasn't the reason for the call. The call was, can, can we have some photos? Can we use photos from some of your events? Because we want to be able to use that to be able to help us recruit employees. Uh, now, a lot of them are living on East Wash, I guess. But uh, maybe those photos help. But they, they didn't ask about our programs and services. They asked about our events, which in, in some ways it helped Epic. And Epic helps Madison, right? At, at, at certainly great levels. And so the festivals, um, um, at least at, uh, uh, at that level, um, helped Epic, which helps Madison. Um, and, and another question that I got, um, we're going to kind of jump back to this idea of moving events, you know, out of the isthmus and, um, you know, attracting them into other parts of town. Um, and so the question is, you know, just specifically, how should other neighborhoods go about attracting festivals? Westfest is a collaboration of organizations, businesses, um, associations, and they are collaborative. And so we came together to say, what do we want for the West Side? It's not a, a, um, a, 
a, a one-person show to really make this a community-driven effort. We have all players at the table, and we can bring our businesses, our uh, homeowners association, our neighborhood associations, the organizations. They collaboratively, they've come together and said that we want this for the southwest side. That's the piece that is so critically important because it wasn't even though Barbara McKinney thought, oh, this is a great idea, we really had to say to the people who can make it happen, to make it sustainable, and that's the key. To make it sustainable, you really have to bring those partners along, and that's what Westfest has done, is bring those partners along. So we're building community, we're inviting you to our house, we're not trying to take it from any other community space, but we're inviting you into our house to see how we're doing it, and um, it's family-oriented, and we're building a space on the southwest side, and we'd like to invite you to come and join us. Another thing um, that we're kind of learning from the analysis that we're doing about events is, um, you know, reaching the city, reaching out to the communities to provide, you know, assistance in the permitting process. And, I, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time, and last summer we had a group that they wanted to have picnics at uh, various different parks throughout the city, and it's, it was a great idea, and it was fantastic. And, you know, it was one of those things that just came together, like, you know, they thought about it, and then they wanted to do it that weekend. And, um, and it, it's like when I learned, you know, well, those things don't happen that quickly <laughs> with the city, but it was working with them to understand, you know, looking at our application, you know, form online and trying to do it online is daunting. And so what we've learned from some of these, um, I've been a part of the placemaking and community building um, that we're going through as well. And, and, you know, trying to work with people to let them know that we can be there to help them with the, you know, kind of logistics, the, the, the nitty gritty of, you know, having an event. Um, and trying to get a better idea of what type of events they want. You know, they, um, it may be, we just want to have a picnic, we can have some music, and we can all get together and, you know, share and just, you know, have fun with one and, you know, enjoy each other's company. And, and, and that's fine. And so it's just kind of a matter, too, of letting people know that we can assist them with, you know, the permitting piece of it, but also finding out what kind of events and activities they want to have in their neighborhoods. Um, and so I think, I think that's a, a critical part of it, too. Quick, two things. Um, one, to address a previous question about the fireworks. Obviously, our company hosts the Festival of Foods Shake the Lake on Sean Nolan Drive. Uh, quick history on that. Um, the north side of Madison felt pretty strongly about that fireworks show not being a great fit um, in Warner Park. And, uh, and so a different group, uh, Madison Festivals, moved it to uh, John Nolan Drive. They had some struggles financially in their first year. We were able to secure the support of Festival Foods to uh, continue that show in that location. Really, what drove that was, I think, the combination of the North Side and their feelings about that event, and, and along with public safety. And I think that really, when you when you boil down to the North Side and their feelings about that event, it was really a public safety concern on that side of town because it didn't have the infrastructure to handle it. It was really inconvenient if you parked in the baseball stadium at Rhythm and Booms that I had the, you know, the, the pleasure of attending for, I think, 15 years. Um, it would take you two hours to get outside of the baseball stadium after the fireworks were over. Um, 
the north side wasn't built to host that kind of event. Uh, Jake the Lake, uh, down on John Nolan Drive, at least based on our conversations with police and Kelly and her street use committee, uh, that is the place in the entire city of Madison that can handle that scale of event best. And, and so that's one thing I wanted to, to quickly address. And I think the last thing I'll say, the second thing I'll say, I guess, on uh, bringing events, you know, the common thread with every single thing that happens that works uh, from a festival perspective is there's a visionary, in some cases a group of visionaries behind it, that are willing to see a concept. You know, you see, uh, you know, Gary and, and Barbara and, and so many other people that have been a part of the events that happen on the east side of Madison and beyond uh, that believed in it and were willing to invest their time and their effort and their sweat to, to make these things happen. And, and if other parts of, of town want those things to happen, they have to do what Barbara's doing right now and put the time and the effort in to, to lead and take a risk. Because these events, are, I think that's one thing that people forget sometimes is that they're, they're risky and, and they're hard. You know, I mean, if, if Shake the Lake rains, it's a really scary event from a public safety perspective, from a financial perspective, from an entertainment perspective. It's, it's tough. Putting on these events outside, as all of us that are up here have dealt with, weather is a, is a very difficult uh, and unpredictable thing with these outdoor things, um, and it, it can have a dramatic Im impact on, on whether or not you're doing the right thing with it. I gave a shout-out uh, to Gary, but I want to give a shout-out to uh, Madison Parks. So when we did the first West Fest, four people did West Fest. I mean, literally four people put it together. We met um, uh, every week, and, and this was on our plate. This is absolutely what we did. Four people put on a fest. It was really intensive. It was like 24 hours, so you had to really stay on top of it. Um, so for the third session, we've got a, a group of about 20 people who are helping to put it together. So it is a commitment of love and investment. You really have to stay the course. You really have to believe that this is the right thing for this community at the right time, because it's blood, it's sweat, it's tears, it's anger, it's anger, and when it rains, you think, oh my God, we still have to put it on. Uh, but that is the stuff, the toughness that it takes to really start at the ground level to build it, and four people did it year one. So a question from the audience that I have is, you know, what can we do to help the city so that events aren't overlapping? Um, and so um, this is kind of a good transition. I'd love to ask you all, you know, really what, you know, we've talked a lot um, about the pros and cons of all these events. And, you know, I think the big question is, you know, what should be done um, and, you know, um, you know, what changes could be made? So... Um, I guess, uh, you know, on that note, we can start with the events overlapping. And maybe, Kelly, maybe you could explain a little bit about Kelly the Street Use Staff Commission and uh, kind of what all goes into deciding whether or not events, you know, can happen. It's probably impossible for them not to be overlapping events. We can try and look at, and what we are looking at are, you know, trying not to have two very similar events on the same, you know, weekend in similar locations. Um, but... Uh, we have, you know, over close to 900 event days throughout the city, including park events, street use events, and like block parties and neighborhood, you know, events. So to try and find a way for them not to overlap, I, I don't know how that would be done. Um, but like I said, we can look at making sure that we do the best by 
for to to have each event succeed, you know, in the best way that we can. And so, what Abby was talking about as far as the groups that look at these events, and I I also want to give a shout out to <laughs> my fellow my colleagues that um, have worked on these events for many many years too. Um, we have a, what's called the Street Use Staff Commission, and they review. Um, all the street use permit applications that come in, and on that commission is fire and police and you know city engineering and traffic engineering and um, risk management and parks and we have a state uh, police or capital police representative. We have metro. We have streets. We have there's a, we have vending coordinator. And so it's like all the agencies in the city that are affected by these events that are take place outdoors are at the table at one time. They're, I'm not saying they are, there's communication with, the other, with each, you know, some of the groups, especially traffic engineering, police, and Metro, previous to the meetings usually, but the rest of them are all at the table so that we can, you know, it's, you know, hopefully, you know, kind of a one-stop shop or, you know, we have people come and say, we want to, we're thinking about doing this, what, you know, what are your ideas or, you know, can that happen or, you know, so, uh, and they're a great group of people. I was telling Gary this story just before, when we first got here. The first, one of the first years that I was here, there was a, a, a young man who, you know, came to my office and was talking about wanting to have a winter festival around the Capitol Square. And I was like, so you, you, you bring snow into, onto the streets of the Capitol on, during, you put snow on the streets, you know, and he's like, well, yeah. And I was just like, oh, sure, you can come to a meeting. And, you know, I was, I was sure that this just, there's no way that this would happen. But these guys, you know, they sat there and they listened to what he was saying and he had passion and commitment and he really wanted to see this happen. And, you know, they said, okay, what do you mean, how, how you bring the snow in? Where will you get it? What are you going to do at the end of the event? How, you know, we want it down to, you know, it has to be as it was when you came, and, and better if it had snowed before you came, you know. So, um, and he was willing to do that, and so they, they approved it. So I think they work really hard to make things happen, but they also have to, you know, consider how many police do we have available for that weekend and when there's six events going on, and how many, you know, um, how many streets can we clutter up when, you know, it's the heat of, it's the, peak of the construction season as well. So having all those people at the table and being able to review these, um, these applications is, you know, it's really incredible. And I think it's a great example of city um, agencies working together to make, you know, something really exciting happen. And, and it happens with our park commission as well. Um, our, we have operations people, we have supervisors that look at um, that look at the applications. If it's a new event, you know, we ask them, what, what do you need to see for this? And then we propose that to the park commission, let them know what we think. And so similarly, there's a team of people who look at, you know, these events and their proposals and say, this is how we can make it work best. And, and so I think, I, you know, I, I'm proud of the, you know, what, we, what city staff is able to do working together to, you know, make these events happen. So. I'd like to ask Kelly a question. Um, I know that um, there's a lot of other cities, and you've looked at what other cities are doing, and I'm wondering if there's some lessons you've learned. We did. We, um, there was the first ever, which is kind of, 
you know, yeah, and surprising though that it was the first ever um, with the special event, uh, municipal special event summit in, um, yeah, that was for, yes, that was that, it was it, um, in Austin, Texas this year. And um, we went there and they, you know, it was, it was, um, it was really enlightening because they have, there's just a lot of different ways that people, that cities um, look at events, um, it, including like where they have them. We have a, you know, a group that these people are working, their, their day jobs are in different agencies. Um, there's, there's a lot of cities that have special event office and that's what the people who work at that office, that's what they do is, is they, you know, permit these events, they, but they go to the events and they, you know, they monitor and enforce for, for the events as well. Um, and there's groups that have, um, you know, Madison is actually pretty unique in that we do have public meetings for our events. We do have people come to our, you know, people can come to the meeting. We, you know, they're public and um, where most events, most cities, they, they were, they were, surprised that that was the case with us. They were like, will you let people come to the meeting? Like, yeah, you know. But they were really good, They like we are, about you need to talk to your neighborhood. You need to understand what their concerns and issues are and you know, you need to address those um, in order for these events to go forward. Um, there, are, there are cities that have moratoriums. Um, I, you know, I, 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 I don't know if that's a really effective way, but there are cities that do that. Um, there's cities that have, one of the things that we probably are gonna look at is there's a different um, type of permit that is used for like First Amendment items. So like protests and, um, and marches and rallies that happen, you know, kind of more, they're more organic. Um, and so how can we do that? Because we do want to know when these events are happening so we can be prepared and that we can have the resources to make sure that people stay safe. But, you know, most of the time these are not organized groups. They don't have money and, and you know, they, they have a cause that they want people to know about and be aware of. And, and that's what our First Amendment is for, is to allow for that type of thing to take place on public property. So that was a really good thing that we learned from that conference and that I hope we, we do incorporate. Um, so it was, it was, you know, very eye-opening. But it was also kind of, you know, like we're doing, we're doing a pretty good job too, you know. So it was, it was nice to to get that, you know, feedback too. When on the idea of a moratorium, I know a, a couple of neighborhood associations um, in town have expressed support for for that. Um, and I'm curious, um, yeah, Gary, I know we talked about that, and you know, Patty, I think we touched on that as well. But um, but yeah, be curious um, what you all think about a moratorium. Um, what purpose you think that might serve? Um, That's a tough question. Um, I I'd be interested in learning more about the results of the analysis that the city's doing. Um, my understanding is the city resources are getting stretched pretty thin as far as like additional festivals that maybe involve street closures or involve police or transit and and, and really have an impact on other people in the city, uh, whether they're attending the festival or not. Um, it might be worthwhile to just maybe uh, by moratorium you mean let's not add new things that are large. Um, because, uh, and just kind of see what the city can handle and maybe there's some ways that they could grow again or maybe they'd want to um, spread it out more. On the other hand, I do think a lot of the 
small events, the neighborhood events um, that are, I, I do know the city changed the permitting process a few years ago and really made it so much easier for small groups, small neighborhood events, um, you know, of a few hundred people to make those easy to do and, and they really made it um, helpful, whereas before it, it felt like there was one price for everybody and it was, and it was kind of a, um, it was harder to really get to know your neighbors in that respect. So um, I, would, I wouldn't be against a moratorium if it was, the idea was to get more information before we made additional changes for the large events. I left the uh, Public Safety Review Committee and uh, one of the things we look at is public safety and I asked the question about um, with the street festivals and police coverage because we've heard a lot about our Madison police officers being overworked and this is the email I got. Summer is the busiest time and with several events going on at the same time, it can be difficult to fill all of the assignments. And so at Westfest, and we wanted police coverage, we did not, we could not get the two officers or the three officers that we wanted to cover Westfest because we could only get one because there were so many things going on simultaneously and the police officers were already uh, committed. And so that's one of the things when we look at it, we look at not only the capacity, but we're also looking at um, uh, police coverage and it depends upon how large the event is and there's a lot of factors that's involved in that and that you can speak to that. But, but how that impacted Westfest is, is that we could only get one police officer because there were so many things that were scheduled for that day, that's, that's what we, we could get. And so we have to begin to, to, to look at how thinly our, uh, we were spread because things happen. I mean, and one of the things about uh, uh, Broadfest is that they were very intentional of making it sure that it's a safe, place for people and families to come. That costs money to do that. And so when we're looking at moratoriums or however we're looking at spreading uh, festivals around, we have to be really mindful is, is that we have a police force that's already overworked and it goes on the board. This is extra duty for them too. So we have to really evaluate it over the broad spectrum of what we want to accomplish and how we want to get there. Um, festivals, for the main part, don't require necessarily that many um, police officers. Um, when there's alcohol involved, they're always going to have, we're going to have officers there, but um, it's the, the, the runs, especially the long, thing, like marathons or 10Ks or, um, you know, Ironman. Um, those are the ones because there's like so much traffic management need and nobody besides a a Madison police officer can do that. So it is another aspect of um, events and event planning that we're looking at as far as, you know, can that be expanded? You know, the, 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 can the role of either staff or volunteer or, you know, can there be some sort of certification where people can, you know, where it doesn't necessarily have to be police? This is a long way off because right now they have, by their contract, they have to be hired to, you know, they have to work these events. But those are the type of things that we're looking at and there are to address the issues like that, that police don't have 
you know, the staff available for the, you know, the number of events that we have. Well, I think with all these events, too, and um, we're kind of getting into this now, talking about police officers, I think it, it does kind of underscore some of the challenges that other city agencies are facing. Um, so we talk about um, staffing at the police department, um, but we should also mention, too, with Metro Transit, um, you know, um, they, they often talk about just they have a, you know, ridership demand, and then they can't often fill it, and when um, events are happening, buses are rerouted, it's really hard for people to, to find their bus, their bus stop, and get to where, where they need to be. Um, so we've just got a, a couple minutes left, and so I wanted to, Kelly, ask you, you know, so the city is at the very beginning stages of gathering public input um, and trying to find out, you know, how Madison residents, you know, think and feel about all the events going on. Um, so so what, what's upcoming and, and what, um, you know, might be the outcome at the, the end of this likely long process? Yeah, so um, this past spring we had um, three or four um, uh, community meetings with organizers, with community, um, with residents and uh, neighborhood associations and with um, downtown businesses um, to kind of get, you know, an understanding of their thoughts on events and where they would like things to go. So we're gathering those now and kind of taking a look and seeing if there's things that um, make sense, that seem to overlap, that seem to be like, you know, how can we um, it, how can we implement this type of thing? And so, um, so we're working on that. And then we're also doing research, like we, you know, we had the um, the summit, um, and, and you know, the other cities. And so now we kind of have access to these cities and what they're doing, and seeing what works and what doesn't. Um, and so we're reviewing that type of information, and we're doing other research. Um, you know, as I mentioned, the First Amendment type thing, um, and uh, and also then looking at what do other cities do for their marathons or or runs. You know, do, how do they? You know, can a, another system besides having officers at you know the intersections? Can something else besides that work? And so um, I'd say right now we're you know we're we're gathering information um, and I hope you know we hope by like this fall to kind of have they uh, have selected what you know things that we want to make sure we get incorporated into the street use process and hopefully by you know the beginning of next year um, we will have something that we will put into the street use ordinance or the special you know park event ordinance um, and develop as a policy and process for events in Madison so how are you making sure that all voices are at the table? Uh, what's the intentionality yeah. of that? So that, those are the meetings that we had is that, you know, we, we did that. But I also, um, I have been part of the, uh, kind of peripherally, but one of the last, the placemaking meetings that was at Good Shepherd um, in, with Tarek. Um, and actually, one of the gentlemen that was working on the picnics last year was at that and we were able to talk. And so that's where, you know, we got some outreach that I thought was really important, you know, because it was the understanding that not everybody necessarily wants to have festy land in their neighborhood. <laughs> that, it's wonderful that it's here, but, you know, some just want to have like a barbecue and they want to say, tell people that let's go out and do those type of things. So so I think those are really important and I, I you know, I hope to work with, um, Tarek or Toriana, you know, to kind of try and, and yourself to, you know, reach out to communities that, you know, they're not here on the isthmus and, and so, but we need to have their input to see what, what can we do to make events, you know, 
more accessible and you know more uh, available to to those different communities. So, um, yeah, let's uh, give one more round of applause to our great panelists. Thank you for listening to Cap Times Talks. We release new episodes every month or so, but in the meantime, be sure to check out our other podcasts like The Corner Table, a show about food and drink in Madison, or a brand new show that we're calling Mad Splainers, which breaks down the intricacies of local government. I host that one, along with Abby, who you just heard hosting this talk, and our Metro reporter, Lisa Speckard-Pask. Be sure to subscribe to Cap Times Talks on iTunes or anywhere else you find podcasts. And be sure to leave us a rating or a review. I'm Eric Lawrenson, and thanks again for listening.